The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Congratulations on a huge win, Rio. Let's hear it once more. Your winner, Mackenzie Dern. My game plan for this fight and everything else is attitude, 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 attitude. Caitlin Chukeki, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another star-studded episode of UFC Unfiltered. Um, can we get sad. Matt. Can we get the other guy off my Zoom? I'm sorry, everybody. I'm new to the technology. That's okay. Matt I doesn't like another guy us. in his Zoom. No, I don't want to hide non-video I'll tell you how to do it. Matt, I'll walk you. I did it. You did it faster than I did because I had a hard time figuring it out because I'm an idiot with Zoom. Um, We're going to start over. Can we just start over? No, we're doing good. This This is is horrible. We're halfway done. (laughs) We got uh, Caitlin Chukagan will be on uh, shortly. We also have Pat McAfee, who uh, was a huge name over at Barstool, and uh, now he's he's hosting the Pat McAfee show. He's doing his own thing. He's a very, very uh, ex-kicker for the Colts and a really, really funny guy. And uh, we also have uh, coming on uh, Mackenzie Dern, uh, who was fighting this Saturday. So very good show. I hope so. I shouldn't say very good show until we do it because you never know. I might suck. And then I said very good show and I didn't do a good show. Well, you know when, what was a good show? Uh, well, I'm confident this is going to be a good show. That's okay. why I kind of just brushed over that. Sure. But what was a good show was when we joined, we jumped on as a team. That's right. I like that they ask us to come on shows like together. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes our bond even stronger. Me and yep, you. I agree. And it was uh, the Believe You Me podcast with Michael Bisping and your buddy, Louis. Louis J. Gomez. J. Gomez. Who I really love. Louis J. Gomez, comedian, uh, podcast host. He runs Gas Digital. He's a fucking animal. Like, Louis is a guy. He's a guy, if he was fighting, he'd be fighting in three different ways. I hate to say this, but Louis is the Henry Cejudo of podcasting because no, he's no, Hold on, it, hold on. You just you just attacked your friend. I don't, you know I because the guy's known for being cringy. Who? You don't want this Henry Cejudo. He's known as a, as one of the best ever, but no, he's also known for being extra cringy, and that's not what you say for your friend that's a comedian. No, but I'm here's what I was saying. For, I'm sticking up for Lewis. I was saying that Lewis is like Henry Cejudo because he's in different weight classes. He's doing good things oh, in podcasting God. and in comedy. Like he's he's doing so many different things in different arenas. He's I like jumped, the Henry Cejudo. I shouldn't have much jumped fatter in. than Henry Cejudo. I Lewis is much fatter. I shouldn't have jumped in there, Jimmy. But That's I'll okay. tell you, and he also had a uh, an amateur MMA fight versus another. He did. He's a psychopath. That's great. Well, listen, I you know I don't have a lot of friends, but I like the ones that I have. Yeah. You understand, Jimmy, and you're yep. one of them. Thank you. 
I'm looking forward to talk to Caitlin because we have not spoken to her since uh, she uh, handled she handled her loss yeah. uh, like a champ, you sure, know, sure. making some jokes and whatnot. I remember on Instagram. And you know what I spent my morning doing, Jimmy? Not the same thing I was doing, I'm guessing. What? Well, maybe a little bit of that. Maybe. I'm old. I don't know what you were doing, but I'm sure it was something naughty. But uh, I watched uh, Mackenzie Dern's last fight. Ah. Yes. And I'm just, when was that? I'm trying to look up the, it was in October. And uh, versus Amanda Hibos. Hibos. And that girl's, yes. that girl's, that girl's badass. But there's something I really took away from it. You know? What? And... Uh, should I keep you on in suspense? Oh, so, oh yeah. Well, let's bring her around. I don't want Caitlin right, to wait. I didn't know she was here. Jimmy, hold yeah. that thought yeah, let's get about what I took from that fight and one thing that could totally help Mackenzie. Yeah. But I'm not going to bring it up to Mackenzie, Jimmy, because oh. she's fighting this weekend and I'll sound like an idiot. But I'm just saying something I took from it. Okay. okay. All right. Let's get to our, our good friend, Caitlin Chukagan. She looks happy, so she probably can't hear she, us. That's always she, a sign that someone can't hear us when they look happy. She always looks happy, and now she looks like she's puzzled. Now she looks like she's bored. Then now she definitely she, can hear does us. She hear us? She can, if she looks bored, she can I definitely can hear. hear us. Oh, she, wait, okay. hold on. How awkward. Did you hear us the whole time? No, I couldn't hear. I, I could hear you. You just weren't saying anything interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I couldn't no, hear you. No, right. you're and right. And, and I knew when you could see us because oh, for a second shoot. you looked nauseous. And I'm like, yep, the video's working. She you're can like, see and it. she's in. <laughs> <laughs> How you been? We haven't spoken to you since yeah. last fight, which I feel you handled as well as anybody could handle. You handled that like a champ. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? It's part of the game, you know? Right? You see it like every – there's fights almost like every weekend. You, you see it happen to everyone. So it's it's – you know, I can't really sit around and have a pity party. It's, you know, one person's got to win, one's got to yeah. lose. And I'll tell you, Caitlin, that's one thing different from the fights now and back when I was fighting. Because there was there was less fights. Mm-hmm. So people would talk about fucking George yeah. being me in a fucking fetal position for like, oh, that, that lasted for like six months until the next card. Yeah. You guys, you lose a fight. People talk about it for a few hours, and then there's a fight the next weekend. Well, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of better. Yeah, it definitely just shows you, you got you, you know, you to move on, and it's not that important because a week after there's another card, and then no one's talking about it, which kind of sucks when you win, too. Yeah. You win, and then, like, a week later, someone else gets, an, gets like, a crazy win, and then no one remembers your, your fight anymore. So it's, it's good if you're on the, on, the, on the negative side of it. Was she, was fighting Valentina, was there anything that you didn't expect or, you know, a lot of times when there's such a big name and you're fighting such a, uh, a reputation fighter, it's, it's, it's different when you get into the cage, I'm sure. What, what exactly was it like with her compared to what you expected? Um, I, honestly, I think it was like everything I expected. I mean, everything we kind of talked about. I remember kind of being in there and like the end of the first round and being like, oh, this is exactly what we thought would happen. Like, you know, every, you know there's a lot of like tape on her you see it and like you can compare her to other fighters and stuff and like everything everything that was there was you know that I that I experienced was kind of what I was expecting and what we talked about um just unfortunately got stuck in a bad place and it was a better night for her now <laughs> in a per- you're a nicer person than me in a, in a perfect <laughs> scenario you could say that to anybody Matt <laughs> <laughs> in a perfect scenario because you're fighting her sister mm-hmm. So I mean, right. this this is amazing. 
So who, who gets a chance to do that? In a perfect scenario, are you like mounted on her, just sitting there and looking over to the corner saying, you made me do this! <laughs> like that kind of shit? <laughs> I, oh no. Or you're, not, think, you're just taking it out of, it's, she's not even related to it. You're not even thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's not even related to me. It's like, you That's know, funny. they're totally different fighters and everything. Um, it was funny because when I was like a week before, like the whole quarantine and everything happened, I was um, I was in Vegas getting some rehab and I saw her sister in like the locker room and I was like, hey, I'm here all week. Like no one's, you know, all the girls that are training here at the PI, like no one really wants to like train with me. So I was like, I know you're, you have a fight coming up. I was like, if you want to train or whatever, I'm here all week. I'll, I was like, I, you know, she was just like, nice. She was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably thinking like, yeah, no, I'm not training with you. But I was like, it's worth the try. I'm here all week. Um, you know, and then it was funny. Cause then like a couple of weeks later, then her opponent pulled out and I ended up taking the fight. So, but, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just another opponent. I mean, I think the whole saying like fighting her sister sounds good for like, you know, fans sure. and it's kind of like a little bit of a story, but it's, it's just another fighter in the division. Has that happened yet though? Like I'm, I'm sure somebody has fought, uh, 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 Nick and Nate, but back to back, has anybody fought a siblings back to back in, in, uh, I saw a tweet today that was like the first ever girl, the first girl to ever fight two female sisters in a row. I was like, well, I don't know how many female sisters there are fighting. Yeah. I don't know how crazy it is, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, within three months, it's it's pretty pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, and, it, and it's Anton, it's uh, Antonina um, Shevchenko. I'm just so, <laughs> just so we don't keep calling her her sister. I mean, because she listen, she's dangerous in her own in her own right. How much are you watching a lot of do you do you watch a lot of the tape, tape or you have your coaches do that? Um, my coaches watch a little bit more than me, but I, I definitely watch them as soon as you know I take a fight and I then I watch all the fights. You know, I probably have like seen her fight when it was on, but it's different when you actually like are gonna fight the person, then you go back and look at it. So yeah, I watch tapes. I mean, everyone's like, Well, you just fought she does this uh different than her sister. I'm like, they're totally different fighters, you know, they're they're like they're both lefty and they're sisters. That's pretty much it. I mean, she's just kind of a just mostly striker, whereas Valentina is obviously great everywhere. How are you dealing with the whole quarantine thing? Yeah. Is, it, is it how is that on a night? Because I know you're a newlywed pretty much still. Is that yeah. you said? Yeah, how is that? Ah, uh, it's good. good. He, yeah, no, he got bon he got bonus points like last summer he wanted to turn our garage into a gym and I was kind of like eh, I don't know if we need it and he ended up doing it so now during this quarantine I was like you were right I was like great. good thing good I thing you pushed that now, you can't he, get weights right now oh sorry Matt you can't get them like Bowflex or any of this shit that I'd love to order no one has it yeah I know it, it's that's why for us we've been pretty lucky and like kind of nice like our neighbors have been like so walking by our garage when we're working out they're like oh what that's cool what do you got going on there they like want to come in and, and start working out so yeah that's definitely been very helpful for this but I mean other than that I mean you figure it out if you if I think if you really want to if you have a fight and you want to train and you, you have to then you know you figure it out I got kind of lucky because I trained with Sajar Eubanks and Claudia Gadea and they fought last week or two weeks ago so they were in camp when i got the when i got the call for this fight so that kind of happened uh that made it a lot easier close fight with uh claudia and angela uh, angela angela hill the other day what yeah, oh, kind of yeah uh listen to me <coughs> bias what's the matter you know you think that's not a clue what do you think you thought that i was mean a it was a close it was a close fight but i def i wasn't nervous going to the decisions really 
Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought Angela won that one. And yeah, I'm, I thought she won round. Claudia won round one and three, and then round two. I was like, oh, well, she got the knockdown, so she won round two. But if the knockdown didn't happen, that round could have gone either pretty much either way. Didn't well, Claudia, if I remember it right, and again, I, I don't. Uh, didn't she turn it on at the end of round three? Like, wasn't Angela? Again, I, my memory could be flawed, but wasn't she dominating the round and then, uh, or, 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 or striking a lot uh, better in the round and then at the end, kind of, uh, Claudia turned it up a little bit? Um, I don't know. I think the whole fight was kind of like the, the battle between like, you know, what's more important, like three volume punches or one power punch type of thing, yeah. you know? So it's, it's kind of like, you know, even that, I don't have the answer for that. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm in fights where like, you know, I'm in close decisions and they're like, oh, they definitely won. Look at the significant strikes. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I bet they were like a couple like inside low kicks. And meanwhile, like their face was completely busted up. So it's like, which one? Yeah. You can't really go by significant strikes, like, because that doesn't really tell you anything. And just to say, I said, I just started this thing off with saying it was a close fight. I, it was a close fight. I didn't yeah. say it was a close fight. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But uh, also, this is how my memory works. Jimmy, you want to fucking Bowflex? <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 no. Hey, Caitlin, out of everything you could have said, hey, I want some dumbbells. I was like, that's not sold out. They just don't make it anymore. <laughs> no, there's Bowflex weights. They're they're just dumbbells that you can change the weight on. Not the whole system. I don't want a whole system. I just want the Bowflex weights and dumbbells. I seen that when I can't get to sleep at 2.30 in the morning on the fucking TV. Yeah. What are you going to order next? The fucking solo flex? <laughs> I want the Chuck Norris workout machine. No, but these bow flex are great because you have two little dumbbells set and, and they're adjustable weights from like 12 or 10 up to 50. Yeah. So you can get a very full workout with just two blow flex dumbbells. Uh, there's a whole system, which I don't want. Well, I could also I, just order like ankle weights or something for your, I have like, those, but I just don't use them. I have them. I don't like them. Yeah. I smell uh, new sponsorship, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. What do you hey, listen? We'll get back to the fight and shit in a second. What are you What are you watching? What are you streaming as a couple? You guys watch stuff together or no? You don't. You don't uh, no, separate. Uh, That's so funny. Yeah, we just want well because I don't know. Like my husband doesn't really. He just likes to watch shows that he's seen already, so he doesn't have to pay <laughs> attention. So we watch like with him. It's like Shark Tank. Like yeah, like, we've seen this episode forty times, and he's Not like, Ozark. Yeah, <laughs> I just started watching Ozark, and then I say I was like halfway through season two and I saved it for this week. I've never but, seen a full episode of Shark Tank, by the way. Everybody loves this show so much. I've never seen a full episode. Wait. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's good, but after the 30th time, it's, you get you're, it. You're done, yeah. No, yeah. wait, I'm not, I don't want to be ignorant, but Shark Tank, there's, there's different things. I'm thinking something, I think Shark Week has nothing to do with sharks. No, Shark they're businessmen. Do you want to explain to Caitlin? You probably see more than I Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban. Yes, something? there yeah. you go. Right. Yeah. Damon Dash. Shark Week. Yeah. Let's let's get back to fighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the sharks and the jets? No, no, no. It's not West Side Story. <laughs> I just started before. I had to like stop it. I just started the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix. Oh shit. I just, yeah. Today that before. starts right. Yeah. So I just had to I had to pause it because you guys called. It was like fuck. I'm really into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we we appreciate it. Is yeah. it good? Yeah. Yeah. I've been like one episode. There's four episodes, so it's pretty good. Oh, for it's funny how they get ten episodes or eight episodes of the Tiger King, but can only get yeah. four on Epstein. Yeah, yeah, I'm only That's in so... like 2003 right now. Oh, okay. So is there four total? 
Yeah. Oh, you, that's a hotel. That's actually nice. Like the little door there. So it's obviously a couple of rooms. They give you a nice room. Yeah, yeah. They have like a suite. We have a full kitchen and everything. But we just like can't leave the hotel. So so, so you guys flew out now. You, when you know how important it is to stay healthy before the fight, when do you fly out? What precautions are you taking before getting on a plane? And how full is your flight? Um. So I flew out yesterday, Tuesday. Um. That was just when we when we could. Um. The only issue was there's no like direct flights from like New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. To Vegas? Yeah, so I had to fly from Vegas to LA, have a like a four hour layover and then go to Vegas. So it was for, yeah, that was kind of Crazy. annoying. But um, yeah. the flights were like kind of kind of full. Like I would say like, you know, 70% full. Everybody's wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, everyone's wearing How mask. healthy is that? That you gotta be flying, breathing in your own carbon dioxide and shit. Um, I try not to like think about it. I like to kind of like live in like la la land and be like, everything's great. It's not a big deal. So I don't yeah. like worry about it. But I mean, we get tested when we get here. My, my biggest fear was like, I was more nervous for the test when I got here than, yeah, than right. the fight because I'm like, wait, what if I get to Vegas and like I'm asymptomatic, I test positive. I'm like, am I going to be stuck there for two weeks? Like, am I, I won't be able to just get on a plane and fly home. And I'm by my, I flew here by myself. So I was like, I don't want to be stuck here by myself for two weeks, like quarantine. So sure. that first, I got the first test and I was like, so I'm good. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, you're good. You're, you're good. I was like, oh, thank God. That's Yo, great. They, I don't, I mean, people, I understand the mass. You got people, you know, people are afraid of the germs and stuff. I seen a thing on the news the other day of a girl in Staten Island, a lady, she didn't have a mask on. It looked, you ever see that old movie, Invasion of the Body Snatches? Yeah. When they're just like, ah! <laughs> they make a weird noise. Maybe not like that. Caitlin is an old movie. But listen, they see, they like, you know, you know when the people turn into these like clones and zombies when they just look and they just point to someone that's not a zombie. It was fucking, it was weird. They almost like, like attacked this lady. They're all yelling at her. Ah, they got, people got to calm the fuck down with that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like sometimes I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't wear one, but I'm going to wear one so people don't like. <laughs> I just don't want any confrontation. I mean, yeah. here in the hotel, we have to like, we have to wear it that we were told if we don't wear and we got tested, but it's more from the health commission than the UFC. But if we don't wear it, then our fight gets scratched. We get caught not wearing it. Wow. I was like, and all, and your cornerman. So I was like, tell my corner, I was like, put your mask on. Don't turn, don't take it off. <laughs> Yeah, you got to wear it. I mean, I hear on flights, it's probably awkward. How is the flight crew dressed? Because I've seen photos, I, I don't know what airline, it might have been in Dubai or something, where they were literally wearing hazmat suits. Uh, how was the flight? Do they at least have masks on the attendants? Yeah, the masks, the, they just had masks and they had gloves on and they just gave us like a little, like, a, you know, when they come around for drinks, they just give you, uh, when you walk on the plane, they give you like a Purell wipe so you could like wipe your seat down, I guess. Um, and then... Then they get, when they come around for drinks, they just give you like a plastic bag and they just like throw it at you. There's like Cheez-Its and a water bottle in there. Inside the plastic bag. Okay. Yeah. We're making do. We're getting back to normal. It's slow. I mean, let's be honest. That's shitty service on the airline. So, you know, things are moving back to normal. Um, you know, that's probably how they're going to keep it. Too. You know how much the airline loves? They can just throw a bag with Cheez-Its and water and go, here you go. They, that, yeah. that, that's going to stay. Long after yeah. this is over, that will stay. Yeah, of course. But um, I noticed like... Uh, it, when I got to Vegas at the airport, there was people in the airport, like, without masks. It didn't seem like mm -hmm. as... In, there wasn't... All the airports were kind of empty. It didn't seem as intense. But, like, in JFK and LA, like, every single person had a mask on. Is and it weird going through security like that? Do they make you take it down for a second to look at your ID? 
yeah when we go to like they're like you have to take your mask off i'm like take it down put it and they're like all right put it back on i was like okay sorry yeah um but it was nice that i mean jfk like driving the jfk and flying out there with no traffic i was like right this is pretty nice yeah that is cool but man, I just don't like the whole, it feels so controlling, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I mean, I understand they got to take precautions mm-hmm. for the fight, you know, but yeah. shit, you feel like you're sequestered, no? <laughs> I'm like scared I'm going to make a mistake just because I like forgot something. Like, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. like, sorry, I have my mind on something else. I wasn't, right. I didn't think about this, you know, like, and like, they're pretty strict with it. Like wet Friday morning, we weigh in and after weigh-ins, we get retested. And then after that, we come back to our hotel. So Friday, like 11 a.m., we come back to our hotel and we're not allowed to leave until we go to the fight. So I was like, yes, we're going to Vegas. Restaurants are open. I'm like, oh, that'll be so nice. They're like, yeah, after you get tested the second time, after weigh-ins, they're like, you're not allowed to, no one, you and your cornermen aren't allowed to leave the hotel until they shuttle you to the fight. Well, you could always go Sunday or a Saturday after the fight. I mean, you could always go after yeah. that. Like yeah, but I was just looking for it. I was like, oh, I want to go to a restaurant after yeah. weigh-ins. They're like, no, we'll, we'll give you food. We're like, that's it's okay. weird. You know why? Because it also is things, Jimmy, uh, as like a fighter or even cornering guys, it, it you need sometimes, when you're just constantly zoned into the fight, that's sometimes not the best thing. Sometimes it's good to get your yeah. mind off it when you got the work put in. And you know what can take that away is when you uh, – the, you guys would go to the get a bite to eat or you guys even would rage an hour. We had like a routine in Vegas where – like after weigh-ins, that the night before the fight, we'd all go to see a movie somewhere. Like you know yeah. what I mean. So like we, you know what I mean. So it's all things that you just it just changes things up. So yeah, you know we but, have to like get our temperature taken every time we go somewhere. And then I was like got a scare yesterday because I went to the they let us go from to for here and then to the PI. And um, when I went to sorry, he's calling me. I have to get my temperature taken. Um, but you, so I go to the PI. They take our temperature. It's funny because they put like the gun right to your head and it yeah. takes your temperature. And I was like, okay. And then they did it, and they're like, uh, "You're a hundred. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Well, I just sat outside. Like it's a hundred and ten degrees outside. I was yeah. sitting outside in yeah. like in like long pants for." you know, 15, 20 minutes waiting for our Uber. So that's probably why. So there I was, but it was still, then they waited like five minutes, took it again, and then it went down. But for that first second, I was like, my heart dropped. I'm like, why does it say I have a hundred degree fever? Because I was like, maybe from traveling. I don't know. I was like, but then I was like, no, I literally was just sitting in the 110 degree sun for, you know, for this whole time. It's good you thought of that though, to to say that. Um, I'm sure they would have, they would have checked you again because that probably is happening to a lot of people there. Um, but I'm glad you're able to fight. And I know it sucks, all this stuff, but hey, for UFC to be a combat sport and still be the first sport back is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, you know, MMA is so hands-on, as I know, due to my training. The fact that they are able to be the first sport back uh, is very impressive. So these inconveniences, I'm sure, are worth it. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people out there that can't work or, you know, that are yeah. like, you know, my, my parents have a, a small, my parents and my brother own both own small businesses and they're, they're really, you know, this is hitting them pretty hard. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't really complain about, oh, I can't go to a restaurant after way. And it's like, I'm able to work, you know, and this whole, there's so many people that are like, don't have that option. So just making a few little, few little changes to be able to do it is, is a small sacrifice. Yeah, man, shit. I know how that is with the businesses, but uh, hey, yeah. class is always half full. Yeah. I have something to bring up now, and I don't want, listen, Caitlin, you know me, I don't like drama. I uh-huh. don't, but it has something to do with our little Jimmy Bird here. 
Now listen, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you heard, and and I, I don't want you to take offense to this, but he, and I know he's been promising you forever. Yo, I'm gonna train. I'm gonna train. Don't when, tell me when I do somewhere. train. When I do train, Caitlin, it'll be with you. Like he says, I don't. I'm paraphrasing, but this is pre. You you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He decided. He, to, he decided to start training, oh, and he, yeah. he didn't tell me. He didn't tell. He didn't train with you. He trained with a good man, Jimmy Rivera, dangerous UFC yeah. fighter, mm-hmm. uh, great person. Great trainer, I'm sure. Close to my house. Close. To, well, wait, hold on a second, Whoa, Jimmy. Wait, wait. I'm trying you're, to say that you promised our good friend Gatlin that if you were going to train, I don't know. I just wanted to leave that out there. It just came to me. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's been just like lies and disappointments for for probably like two, three years now. So I'm honestly, I'm not surprised. Well, honestly, I, I, I if it's been lies and disappointment, then everyone I've ever dated can say that's exactly what it's like to spend time with Jim. It's lies yeah. and it's disappointment. However, I started training and I did think of you because I'm like, we can now uh, do it because I've already gotten into that process. You might have been getting You're ready for a fight. There. What's that? So you're not so scared? Yeah, like I like it a lot. It was kickboxing and I was starting to go into jujitsu. I wanted to do jujitsu, but then this whole thing happened. So I just, yeah. uh, I actually reached out and tried to do a couple of, uh, but it was, it was just by then everything was shutting down. So yeah, I love it. Well, 30th Street, I know it's pretty far for you, but. I can make it maybe, over. Maybe you could walk to 30th Street. I like it. A little sarcasm there. No, she's right. She's oh. right. Lies and disappointment. This is the Jim Norton story. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, just wanted to bring, I just wanted to bring up that you were training. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you uh, letting me know the details on that. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll, I want to, I want to train once with Caitlin as well. Uh, I know that you're busy though. You're actively fighting. So I don't like to bother people and, you know. In well, I mean, after Saturday, it's, I'm not in fight camp, so. Okay. What are Ryan LaFleur doing? Good. I've actually been like working with, um, you know, we hang out a lot. We're really good friends. And then for, for this fight, just because of like, you know, with training and all gyms not being open and stuff, I've actually been uh, working with him a little bit for, for this fight. So it's the first time I've like, you know, hit pads. One day I was like, Hey, are you free? Would you mind doing pads with me? And he's like, yeah. And then we kind of just like had, had a good vibe of training going and we were kind of doing it, me, him, and then Kyle would be there. We kind of did that about once a week for this fight. So worked on a lot of good stuff with him. And your husband's a stud wrestler, but is he doing jujitsu too? He does, right? Or no? Yeah, he trains jujitsu for, yeah, for fun. Yeah. He was um, helping a lot of the guys at Henzo's for ADCC with wrestling. So then, you know, kind of helped because he just started jujitsu. And then he was like, you know, they wanted to use him for wrestling. So he kind of got a little extra attention for for jujitsu. So yeah, he definitely enjoys it. He trains as much as he can. How come he didn't come out there? Is it stuff to do at home or did you, did you guys just not like, like to travel together or is it easier for you to go by yourself to fight? Um, well, we could only have like, um, we can only have cornermen come and he doesn't oh, corner right. me. So yeah, this will be like the part. He usually comes like, you know, later in the week, Thursday or something. But um, yeah, this will be like the first fight that he does, that he's not here. Cause I mean, he couldn't, if he wasn't cornering, you can't be in the hotel. And then, so it was like, you know. Oh, I didn't think pass. of that. Okay. We yeah, didn't yeah. even get our flights booked till like, Saturday, so it was kind of all craziness. Well, I'm happy you're there, and um, well, definitely let's let's talk afterwards. Uh, fighting uh, Antonina Shevchenko this Saturday night, and um, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we love watching you. Awesome, thank you. Kaylee, right, good talking to you. Okay. All right, sounds good. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sorry I'm late. I got caught up in the space launch. It is a comedy of errors over there right now. Oh, saying, no. I, I forgot that was today. This is Elon Musk's thing, right? Yeah, I guess we paid him like $130 million to use SpaceX, and we got two astronauts going up into the sky, but they're doing an unveiling on Twitter. It is, but there's new space suits, Jim. You're going to have to die. I mean, it is. It like is Star Trek? Huh? The space suits? What were you saying? Like, they look yeah, like. There's new, there's new space costumes. You know, back in the day, they had that big yes. thing. Now yeah. it looks like a modified uh, motocross helmet. It sounds like, yeah. It sounds wow. like the Expanse. If you ever seen the Expanse on Amazon Prime, that's what it's like. The like Star Trek type shit. Like like the that's wild. I gotta see that. So Pat, why are you saying it's a mess? Are they are they are there, are there things fucking up? The one astronaut dropped something out of his pocket in the middle of the spaceship as soon as he got in there. The one guy got in too early. There's there's a couple of ninjas running around wearing all black suits that are <laughs> oh, no. like setting everything up. I mean, it is it is waiting to get mocked, but I apologize for being late. Very no, that's okay, man. Right that's um I I'm actually very interested in that. So they're sending it now. This he's gonna be doing like civilian like tourist stuff in space, right? That's kind of the goal of this. Well, he's going to the space station. It's the first time we've launched uh, humans into space from America since 2011. I guess we've been using uh, the Russians. Right. We've them like $160 million or something every time we do it. So now they're utilizing Elon's SpaceX to take off. Uh, Elon gets broken off. And it's so interesting. Like, what's going on up there? We got a Space Force cooking now, Jim. We got UFOs being legitimized by the Pentagon. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Dude, the UFOs, that story, uh, the fact that that's not all we're talking about, it, it, the Pentagon released footage that the Navy filmed and they go, well, this is legit. They won't say it's from out of outer space, but they are saying these are real photo videos and it's obviously something that the fucking pilots can't identify. It's crazy. I haven't even talked about it since, by the way. Kind of happened, just see you later. No big deal. And we've seen those same videos on the internet before, right? Anybody right. that's been on the internet has seen those videos, but you always thought maybe it's Photoshopped. When the Pentagon comes out, like, right. yeah, we have we have no idea what these are. We yeah, here's five of them, by the way. It's insane stuff. But I can't thank you enough for having me on this show, boys. Excited to chat. Yeah, and it was funny, Pat. We interviewed Angela Hill, uh, who, who's a fighter we love, and it turns out her grandfather. I don't know how familiar with UFO lore you are, but her grandfather was Barney Hill of Betty and Barney Hill, the very famous uh, couple that was taken on a UFO interracial couple in the '60s. It's one of the most famous abduction cases. So we just talked to her about that. I mean, it'd be insane to be. Imagine. I assume they have the Men in Black thing where you don't remember it if you do get abducted. So comes out knows? hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah, that that old thing. But man, I've been waiting. I think I'd be. I'd enjoy the conversation with whatever decided to abduct me. I, I'm just here to learn about it. Now, now we got two 
uh, we got two spacemen going up there right now. Maybe they'll tell us a little bit more. But I don't think an alien would talk to us. Like literally, they probably just hold you down, they probe your asshole, throw you out, and wipe the memory. They don't seem to be very friendly, or it's all—it's like the way we treat an animal is how they treat us. They don't seem happy to talk to us or to learn from us. You know, bringing up your wet dreams, Jimmy, on the show. <laughs> yeah, but what if they view me like a dog or something? You know, like what if I find a nice alien that thinks of me as like a pet and is very nice to me and feeds me and stuff? I mean, maybe you know I mean? it treats with affection and love. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we never know. And I assume that there's white trash aliens out there, too, on some planet that can't get to us. You know, not smart enough to get to us. I assume there's some of those out there. It, it sure. all depends on who you run into. You know what I mean? Now, Pat, are you in? I know you were on Barstool, but now you got your own thing going. Where where can people hear your show? Is it just uh, your so, podcast? Yeah, so my podcast is Pat Maggie Show 2.0, and it is... The highlights and basically the entire run through of my daily show, which is live 10 to noon Eastern Standard Time uh, at my YouTube page and on some Westwood and CBS sports radio stations. So there's a lot of me, too much of me. To be honest, after this interview, people will probably be done with me for at least a week or two. <laughs> people love you, dude. Like you went, for, I remember we watched you do stand up. There was some stand up video. And then you started your thing and everybody loves you. Like you literally just went from, oh, let's see how he does. And you know, like you're one of the biggest guys now. It's, it's crazy how fast you've risen and how much people really like you. That means a lot. Not everybody. I'm not for everybody. And I, I very much understand that though, which I think is a big thing you have to have if you're going to get into the media world. It's like, hey, there's going to be some people that just don't like you. And there's a good chance, by the way, that the people that don't like me, I probably wouldn't get along with them either, right? So that's kind of how I frame it in my mind. But I'm very thankful for you saying that. And I got a good group of humans that follow me. I'm very lucky for the people on my, on my social medias and my show and shit like that. But there's definitely some people that are not fans. And to them, I very much understand. I would probably hate me too in situations. But I'm enjoying it, saying dumb things and just trying to keep up with the likes of you guys and the incredible Sammy Brand Muffins. <laughs> hey, do you, um, I, I want to ask you a question as a kicker, because I don't know if I've ever actually gotten to ask a kicker this. When they try to ice you, like, you know, uh, Matt doesn't really watch football, but what they'll do is like when it's time to kick uh, a field goal at the end of the game, the other team calls a timeout, they're trying to ice the kicker. Now that you don't do it anymore, does that have any effect on the kicker at all? So I kicked field goals in college and I got iced by the refs like three times. Like there's, there was an offsetting penalty and then that whole thing. You know, it was my first time ever really experiencing it. And then later in my career, you get it from coaches and stuff like that. And then in the NFL, I got a chance to hold for Adam Vinatieri, the greatest kicker of all time. And for him, each kick was its own little operation anyway. So if somebody called a timeout, he would just delay his mindset, his focus, his dial in. So I think the stats prove that it doesn't matter, like if you ice somebody or not. But I'd assume there's maybe a kicker out there that might get in its head, maybe paralysis by analysis or something like that. But I think anybody that's worth a damn, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just you're delaying the inevitable here. He's either going to make it or miss it. It's one or the other. And I don't think the timeout really does anything. And I think stats back up that. Yeah, you know, it's funny watching if I don't handle pressure well. So I'm, I think that's the most amazing thing to me about professional athletes is the ability to handle the pressure. I just collapse and give up. So the fact that guys can actually face that and, and succeed is it never stops fascinating. Hey, you guys, know, as a total noob, um, don't look at me as less of a man, please, Pat. I, I used to fight in a cage, but I don't watch anything with a, a, a ball. So... What the fuck is ice mean? You're, you're pausing shit? You're scaring. You're, you're making the, yeah, you, 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 you explain it. 
you're trying to make somebody overthink something. So for kicking, for a specialist position in football, you're kicking a ball, right? So uh, it's very much you, yourself, in the ball. That's your only – like whenever – offensive positions are getting ready for a football game they're preparing for what the defense is going to strategize again like a fight you probably are preparing like okay this guy's more of a mauler so you're preparing for that you have an actual opponent whenever you're a kicker or a punter your opponent is the ball it's you and the ball and when you're a golfer it's you and the ball when you're a pitcher it's you and the ball so it's just like a completely different realm of things so whenever you when your competition legitimately is your own self thoughts and your own execution if you give somebody a little bit more time to think about it in the icing situation where where coaches will call timeouts right before a kick to make you overthink it to make you keep Ah. thinking to see if you can pull it off that's kind of the thought of the whole thing and to be honest if guys move to the nfl they're probably pretty good in between the years to begin with so it's not really going to affect anything but it kind of took over the world there for a little bit because it gives a coach a chance to act like there's some gamesmanship. There's a little bit of a fast timeout before the kick, and it really got hot there for a bit. But I think stats show it doesn't really affect things that much. And by the way, the ability to step into a cage and flip that switch, that is something that I could never accomplish. That is something that my brain would never allow me to do. Jim here was obviously being very humble and saying that he could never do anything under pressure. He does stand-up. He does live radio shows. He does very well. So he can handle pressure in different fashions than athletes have to handle pressure in different fashions. But that ability to get into a cage and know that there's a human potentially trying to kill you, that's something that a brain is – that's a special, special yeah. individual that has to do that. Uh, you Now, do you do any – uh, martial arts training at all? I mean, you're obviously you're athletic and you're a former uh, football player. Do you do any like jujitsu or anything? You might want to try it, man. It's not it's not like you have to want to be a killer. Even Jimmy's training now. Which I started. Well, yeah. I would like to see Jimmy in there roll a little bit. So Matt Matrione <laughs> and Chris Weidel yeah. are from Indianapolis, right? So yeah. and they're friends of the show. And indie boxing and grappling is this. I mean, it is a pit that they have. That is, it's a high house basically that they rent out uh in not a great part of indianapolis and you go in there and it's an entire take your shoes off they got mats everywhere they got bags hanging they did that for like a couple for a couple weeks i was going in there and then one day in a rolling sesh where it was like minute long rounds and then people would switch who they were rolling with or whatever i got linked up with mitrione and uh he made me tap out nine times in a minute and i was just like well (laughs) I don't think I'm fucking coming back here ever again. And uh, I have so much respect for it. I just, I, I, I don't think I appreciated the amount of chess that's going on in there. Yeah. Like Mitrione would dig his finger into my like rib cage here. So I would move like this. And as soon as I move like this, he would sneak his arm. Like he's like moving, he's manipulating my body yeah. the entire time. He put, he broke both of my arms in one hold at one point. He was in a double arm bar. And I think yeah. that was the day I was like, all right. Probably shouldn't come back to this. This is not my thing. And Chris Lytle, I don't uh, Chris Lytle, I spent six weeks in a house with and 30 minutes fighting him in a cage. We fought twice. He was my last fight. Thank him for this scar, please, right here. 50 stitches. He has a black eye. He has a black eye every day. He still trains. He's, yeah, he's still he, trains. He says he has to. So yeah. like, he, he feels as if he like has to do it. So there's probably a good chance that this morning, whenever yeah. this show comes out, the morning of this show, he was in there sparring with somebody, whether it's boxing. He was originally a boxer, and then he got yes. into mixed martial arts. And he's the only guy, I think, in 
UFC history to have over 30 fights and never be knocked out or submitted. He's just like Homer Simpson in there. Okay, he's gonna go and he's gonna get, he's gonna have at it. Yeah. He was a lot of fun to work with and an incredibly nice guy. But that son of a bitch loves getting punched in the face. I mean, it, it, I know I punched him a bunch, <laughs> and he didn't go nowhere. Uh, you know, Chris, uh, Chris is such a great, great guy, and he's actually such a nice guy. When he says that he needs it, the training. I think that's how he has to exercise his demons. Because if you see him, he's just as like, a sweetheart of a guy. So nice. But, dude, I'm telling you, one of the toughest guys I ever fought. And uh, such a good guy. I, I really nice. He's a fireman. He's a fireman. Yeah. He's a good family man. Nice, nice guy. And then you get him in there. Thing. and he's a, yeah. he, turns, he flips that switch. The thing that I don't know, I don't know how you guys do it. I, I, and then there was a time there where – a guy that was working for us at the time, his name was Sean. He was training for a rough and rowdy fight uh, yeah. whenever we were with Barstool. So I was training with him a little bit, and the, they'd go into any boxing, grappling, and things like that. And Lytle and I, Lytle one day was like, okay, I'm going to train you how to box. Yeah. Right? He's like, I want to box with you. So I'm sitting there, and he's throwing these just wild punches, like trying to show me that a punch is coming. Yeah. Right, so I'm like dodging him a little bit, and he was like, uh, he was like, okay, you're doing good now, let's get after it or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right? So, like, <laughs> so he, uh, he just he started playing bongos with my face or whatever, and he was yeah. he told me that one of the main things I gotta do is I gotta get used to getting hit without like a full flinch reaction. Like, hey, it's sure. gonna happen. Like not every punch is gonna take you out. You just yeah. gotta do it. And I think I was getting okay with it there for a little bit, but if I was to get back into that thing, I'm flinching, I'm crying the entire time. And Lytle, such a gentleman, but you'd know that if he was to get it, he's the guy you want. If you just so happen to get in something, that guy is just ready to go at all times. But and most of them are nice guys. The guys I've talked to, besides obviously Matt, they're all nice. <laughs> I don't think I've talked to any of them who are dicks. Like It's like there's such a level of confidence and the ability to just strangle anybody in the room. They're all, uh, they have all of a certain humility. Uh, Rogan raised a good point. He said it's because they get tapped a lot in the gym. Like no matter how good you are, you're training with someone who is going to tap you at times and, and there's a constant humbling. Um, and he just said they're, they're very humble for that reason. And it made a lot of sense. Uh, just, he was talking about the way they train is one reason the fighters are so humble. Well, I was humbled in there. I mean, I was not that I was going in there with any confidence right. at all when I walked in there. I mean, that's not something where that's like my world. Every once in a while, you'd be a little bit intoxicated and get into a bar brawl or whatever. But then whenever you watch these guys and women who have this incredible ability to just calculate things in yeah. the middle of chaos and then yeah. bang, be able to pull it off with somebody smothering their face too. Like I was getting claustrophobic with them laying on my, I mean, it just, the ability, it, it's a, it's an incredible sport, honestly. It's, and I don't think I had as much respect for it until I got in there. Yeah. And, sure. did that. and then whenever I was in there, I was like, damn, like the amount of calculation and reaction and athleticism that it takes to do this is next level. And ever since, that was like three, four years ago. And ever since then, I'm like, okay, whole new level of respect. And you're right. The amount of like almost Zen that a lot of guys have, they're like Buddhists. It feels like you're talking almost Buddha, like the life, the way they view life and everything. It's, yeah. it's pretty immaculate. It's surprising because when that cage door shuts and somebody's knocked out, the thing that I love, and it's, it's not great for humanity, obviously. But, Matt, I'll ask you this question. When somebody's knocked out, you have to pounce on top to finish this thing? Like, uh, what is I'll, that? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring up uh, my Frank Trigg fight. All right. Now, look, <laughs> with the Frank Trigg, because this guy, I don't, this is a fight I don't bring up often, but yeah. I knocked him down. Like, in my mindset, when I, not, when I, remember, I remember with that fight, connecting with him, 
and I saw him, him drop and I knew he was hurt, it wasn't like, oh, let me just hurt him some more. It was, it was all instinct. But when I went on top and unloaded another three or four until the ref jumped in, the second the ref jumps in, it's like, thank God it's over. It's like, now he can't hurt me. It's over. I ended it. They can't start it again. It's over. Because it's, it's not fear like, oh, my God. But it's like, I see I could end it right now. If I don't, and now he's up, and now he's looking to hurt me, and um, I don't have as much in the tank, which happened to me in prior fights with Carol Parisian, and you, you just put too much on the, um, on the offense when you think somebody's hurt. It's almost like doing a sprint. And then next thing you know, the finish line's nowhere near there. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, wow. right. So when you see the chance, when I when I knocked down Frank Trigg, Jimmy, I saw it's like I had like a scope on his chin, and I wanted to keep hitting it, and it wasn't out of malice, you know, it wasn't out of I hate him, you know, which I didn't really like, but you know, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it it could really fuck with you. When I had to fight Chris Lytle, we fought twice at the end of the Ultimate Fighter, and it was a very close fight, and he went to me and. It was 30-27, all three cards. It could have went to either guy. It was one of those weird ones. Lack, it was kind of lackluster because we had so much online for a shot at the title. So when I fought him again, the last fight, it was nothing but a slugfest. Why the fuck would I bring that up? Because you like him. Fighting yes, it was weird you why. like him. He know, Pat, he knows me, Pat. That's why. That yeah, happens to me, too, by the way. This, this is very normal, I think. <laughs> Probably not for Pat, but it happens to me, too. We're going to get along great. But uh, he was such a nice guy. When I had to sign the fight him for the second time, I'm like, I got to fight him in his hometown. For an instant, I'm, for an instant, I'm like, dude, I, my best day there will be his worst day. And his family, it fucks with you. Where, if it's a guy like Frank Trigg, I mean, you could snap the guy for nothing. So it does make it, it for mentally, it does play a difference there because your opponent's not a ball. It's a human being. So it's weird. I could, I could literally fathom that though. Like if, cause there seems to be a lot of respect amongst a lot of fighters. Yeah. It, it seems to be a big part of the sport is the respect for the sport, respect yeah. for your opponent and everything like that. But then you're doing so much abuse to them. The goal is to do as yeah. much abuse to them as you possibly can. It's such an interesting thing. And that's why the brains, like the, that capability to do that is such a special thing. Did you hear Pat, or maybe Matt, you heard this too. Someone said that Tyson, like I, I've heard him say I'm back. Like I've seen the footage and there's a lot of footage of Mike throwing hook punches and showing Nganu how to throw punches and just showing himself training. Is he fighting bare knuckle? Have you heard that? I, I've someone said he was training for something bare knuckle. He got offered a lot of money, but I don't know if that's true. So a $20 million contract offer was uh, presented to him by the bare knuckle fighting champion. I was, right? Oh, okay. And there's no way they have that money. That's just money that they're assuming they'll be able to make if they sell pay-per-view with Mike Tyson. If I'm Mike Tyson, though, I'm doing the Floyd Mayweather model. I am selling my own fights pay-per-view-wise because I, I didn't grow up in the Tyson era, right? So the only thing I really know about Tyson is rabbit holes on YouTube of him just slaughtering people's faces with his refrigerator hands, right? Like, that's all I know. So... The thought of him getting back into this thing, yeah. I am very excited about. I guess Tyson Fury said that at one point uh, people reached out to him to say, would you want to fight Mike Tyson in an exhibition fight? And Tyson Fury said, he said, absolutely. But that never materialized. I want Tyson to just knock out regular Joes. Like, yeah. just, you know what I mean? Just have him line up, have Tyson. They, people that think they can beat up Mike Tyson at 53, just have him knock him out. Next person come in. I'll pay pay-per-view for that for sure. I don't want to see him get hurt. Like, I, I really love Tyson. 
And I don't want to see him like fighting other guys. You're right. But fight a professional guy like Tyson Fury, who's a lot younger. You know, I, I don't want to see Mike Tyson get hurt. Um, he's like a foot taller him, than him, too. He, Matt, he's I, a giant guy, yes. Matt, I mean, that's a big deal, right? I mean, reach and everything like that in boxing. At, at that level, 100%. The thing with this, with Mike Tyson that everybody's talking about, and I understand because he looks amazing yeah. hitting the pads. He looks amazing. But a couple of things. He's not – how long – he started when he – when did Customato take him on? When he was 14 or something? Yeah. And there was I mean, a, he's – he was on the cover of, of Sports Illustrated. When I think he was 18, and it, was, it said Kid Dynamite. Listen, man, not, he's going to do that for another 10 years. He's going to look like, oh, man, look at him at 60. Look what he can do. He's got muscle memory. I mean, that's embedded in him, uh, you know, as an athlete. And he had that as a young age. So, I mean, I think he's going to look good no matter what. You're not seeing the guy in there with another guy. You're not seeing him right. have to deal with adversity and getting hit. And I don't want to see. I would, I, like, like uh, if you put him in a fight with, I don't know, like someone around his age, like, and like, I don't bare knuckle things different because it's probably gonna be more violent and quick. Like, but a boxing match versus, uh, versus, um, uh, a younger guy, Tyson Fury. No, I wouldn't want to see that. I mean, you know, because I I mean, I don't want to see him get hurt. The guy is 53. Yeah. And I wish, I wish I'd known more about the Gypsy King too. I, I didn't think I knew enough about Tyson Fury until that Deontay Wilder second fight there. What an entertaining. Yes, fighter personality. Yeah. Well, just the way he fights, it's just oh, like yeah. he, he picked Deontay Wilder apart, obviously. And Deontay Wilder said that 40 pound thing that he wore to the ring wore him out or whatever. But like that was fun to watch. There's only there's only a certain amount of people that can make boxing interesting, right? And that is that is a real fact. That's just a you have to have a little bit of a personality. You have to have a little bit of Floyd Mayweather's been able to do it because everybody wants to see him lose. Yeah. But I feel like I missed that Tyson era where the entire world was just waiting for Tyson and for him to show up on Saturday night. Every celebrity on earth was sitting around the ring and that thing could have been over 10 seconds in there. I'm not sure we'll ever see that again, obviously, because he's 53 years old, but man, it would be cool to see one more go where he just beats the dog shit out of somebody. I remember where I was the first time he lost. It's crazy. It's like, I remember who told me where I, when he lost to Buster Douglas, which was such a giant upset. I, I remember where I was and being like, I couldn't believe he had lost. I, I couldn't believe it was like, you know, it was like watching fucking like watching Jordan miss a free throw, you know, especially to a guy like Buster Douglas, who he was heavily favored over. So yeah, he captured something um, towards the end. He, he lost a few fights and you know, I, I love the guy so much. I don't want to see him go in and do something just for money. If it's less, this guy's of a certain age though, if it's guys over 40, uh, other guys I would like to see. I'll say this. There's, I, I literally watch, I would say I watch every pay-per-view that UFC has. I'll watch every boxing one that has just because I'm so intrigued by the mindset to go in there and do battle with somebody else. Like, I'm very intrigued by that. But whenever you know somebody's going to put on a good fight, man, there's nothing better than that feeling. Like, hey, this is going to be a good fight. Like that first card that Dana said coming back yeah. uh, out of this quarantine, he was like, hey, this is the best card we've had. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And then you turn on, it's like, Hey, this is the best card I have ever seen. Like, that's a big fight. Matchmaker is a big deal, like putting on good fights, I'd assume. And let's hope Tyson does that. Did you see the um, uh, Tony Ferguson Justin Gaethje fight? Yeah, what violence was that, dude? Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, 
And also the prelims, the ones that were on ESPN. I, uh, Thug Nasty, the dude from Arkansas. Of course. Bryce Mitchell. Bro, that, yep. What are you doing? He almost choked out old buddy like 45 different times. It he, was insane. He, he almost had him <clears throat> in a uh, twister where it was his, it was like a neck crank from the back. And he, Rosa, and right? Was Rosa, that was Rosa. Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa, yeah, yeah. man. And it was How uh, is, because everybody was talking about that, that's a legendary move. I'd assume that's very hard to pull off. The well, the wrestler, it's like the wrestlers will call it a wrestling guillotine. Like they would use that to pin their um the, in wrestling. But the wrestlers, the wrestlers, some wrestlers, like I hear DC still call it that sometimes. But uh, Eddie Bravo made it big in jujitsu because he put it into like his jujitsu system, and now everybody, uh, especially a lot of jujitsu practitioners are pulling that off from the back. Instead of going for like a rear naked choke, they let go, they get the arm over the head, and they attack the neck. So it's really just, it's pretty, when they pull it off, it's, it's really cool. And he already pulled one off in his last fight. So the fact that he almost got it again, I, he's definitely getting that again in a future fight. Because that kid had that, like, like uh, he had that down. And well, the, that and was the, the Ndanu, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm just saying, he was doing that on a good jiu-jitsu player. Charles Rose is a good jujitsu uh, guy, black belt. So the fact that Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell was almost had him in a fucking dozen of them, maybe not a dozen, but he had a bunch of yeah. them on him. He's getting that again on a lesser skilled uh, grappler, sure. It's incredible. Yeah, and we have to, uh, Pat, we, I think we have to wrap up because we have uh, another, uh, we have uh, Mackenzie yeah, Dern to get to who's fighting this weekend. Um, but man, I love having you on here. Any, anytime you want to come on, we would love to have you back. Matt, awesome meeting you and chatting with you. I respect everything you did in the cage, man. That's oh. a literal modern-day gladiator stuff. Oh, man, awesome. thank, thanks so much, Pat. What's your podcast again? Because I want to listen to it. Matt, it's not worth it, Matt. It's I want to listen it. to it. What is it's it again? It's not worth this shit, Matt. It's not worth this shit. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> Pat Magby Show 2.0. It's average. Um, okay. We had Cuban on the other day, Mark Cuban, had our first billionaire on the show. Oh, not nice. A not a bad conversation. That's awesome. I, I didn't embarrass myself. I did pitch my company, though, for him to invest in it. He said he had bad service. TBD for later date. <laughs> Jim, you were, Jim, you were supposed to be on my podcast. We had this whole thing going, and we didn't have a studio at the time. Yes. And I, I want to let you know that I still to this day think about our miscommunication in the way that booking happened because I think you're a legend in this game. And I will oh, let you know, you, I apologize for the way that whole thing. Went uh, dude, it's all, it's all good. Sam loves you. Um, we'll do it. We'll do it another time. It, it's, it's great to, to talk to you, man. I'm happy, I'm happy to have you on here anytime. Appreciate you guys. Good Thanks, show. Pat. Have a good one. All right, Pat, take care, man. man. Be good. Thanks bro. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. 
thank you to Pat McAfee, great uh, guest, and also Caitlin Shukagan. Now, Matt, before we have Mackenzie Dern, you wanted to say something about advice for her. But what if she comes right on? It's gonna be it's gonna be awkward. Well, it's a suggestion. She might want to hear it. This is what I think. Uh, when I watched her last fight, okay, um, you know, she has. It's not that her striking is bad, but she goes from striking to shooting, which right. means the takedowns with a double leg, a single leg, a lot of shots, that type of stuff. So. It's ex- it's great if you pull it off. Right. If you don't, it gets exhausting. I'm gonna point to one. I'm gonna point to two fights of mine. My first fight with Shoney Carter. That's how I fought. I got him down. I didn't finish him. We got back up. He survived. And then I kept going for doubles and singles, doubles and singles and singles and doubles. And I got exhausted, man. You know. Then I fought him like six years later. I should be, I shouldn't be as athletic. All right. I'm not as. I, every time I got into a clinch, I would do. I added in to my game. Inside leg trips, body locks, those kind of takedowns, okay? Uh, I have foot sweeps like I got Matt Hughes with. I didn't have that when I first started fighting. I, I just base it on the uh, athleticism and try to get a hold of my opponent there. But I'm telling you, even we were just talking about Mike Tyson. Yeah. Even if Mike Tyson fought a guy nowhere nearly as skilled as him, okay? How many – he might knock him out a minute or two or less, but – even in that time, sometimes him just trying to knock the guy out, they're in that clinch, and you see the ref comes in. Okay, let me break you apart. Then they start fighting again, and then he knocks the guy out. If you get good at the clinch takedowns, I'm talking even in over and under, doesn't have to be double underhooks or anything. In the clinch, Jimmy, how a better boxer uh, will so a guy's they have to break the ref has to break that up. How many times would a guy who's more powerful who will eventually get the knockout? Yeah. So I'm trying to say, if you add in the clinch takedowns. It'll make a hell of a difference. And if you miss one of those, you're still in, it doesn't hit the end. The, uh, the gas tank is hard. You understand? Right. All right. That's what I wanted to say. That's so, much better advice than I want to give. You're a very good analyst of. Uh, well, I life. just know from experience. and I know how exhausting it is when you do not get those singles or doubles. And, you know, the clinch takedowns could make a big difference. How are you, Mackenzie? I'm good. Just in the hotel room basically all day um but it's kind of good it's so hot in vegas so <laughs> i'm not suffering with the heat <laughs> now where are you based out of are you in arizona if i remember correctly or am i completely wrong california california i was in arizona but like the last uh, two, two years i've been in california okay so how are you handling this whole pandemic are you a stay-at-home person or is this driving you crazy um I mean, like in the beginning, it was okay, you know, because I like to be at home and it was kind of enjoying the time with my daughter. You know, she's a baby. She's 11 months now. So kind That's of nice. going through the phases of her learning to walk and everything was fun. But even like being at home with my daughter all the time, I need now I need to get her to spend energy and everything. So now me and my husband, we want to go to the beach and just being able to train like normal, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, Rocky Balboa, like. Working yeah. out on yeah. the streets and stuff, but now I'm like, okay, I just want, um, you know, want like structure and everything. And she's your first, uh, your first child. Yes. So first. now I'm not a parent. Now you have your baby. Does it change the way you think at all? Is has it changed anything for you besides just liking being a parent? Um, I think it makes me like less of a baby. You know, now that I have a baby, I'm less of a baby. You know, uh. <laughs> just like training and everything. Um, when I would have like a bad hard day of training or I don't know, I wouldn't get a position right. Or maybe I was submitted all the time. Um, I would just like be crying and how am I going to fight like this? You know, I'm not, 
you know, I can't go into a fight being like that. And now I'm just like, oh, it's okay. You know, like tomorrow I'm going to do better, you know, or oh, it's just today. And I see Mo and she's all, she's healthy and everything's good and smiling. She doesn't even know if I had a good, a good day of training or bad day of training. So it makes me a lot more like, okay, it's not the end of the world. You know, you have like bigger things to worry about. You, you know, what's wild. Uh, your last fight, you, you had that fight. It was four months after you had your child, had your baby. Four, four yeah. With uh, Amanda. Uh-huh. Now oh. a lot of, a lot of women, you know, and my, and, you know, I'm married. My wife has, you know, we have three kids. A lot of women are still just trying to get off the, you know, the, the baby pounds, like the pregnant yeah. pounds type of thing. And you're taking a, a cage fight four months <laughs> after. Is that like, now what made you want to get back in there so quick? And how'd you feel with the camp? I think just trying to be like, my whole MMA career, I've been, um, I had seven fights before my last one. Um, and was basically like one every three months, basically, you know, it was just wait, back to back, yeah. back to back. And as long as I wasn't injured or anything, I was just fighting fast. Like, okay, my um, debut in UFC Vegas, then two months later I was in Rio, you know, and before that, December I was in Invicta. So I, I didn't want to stay that much time um, just off away from it, just from, you know, everyone's saying the like ring, ring rust, you know, where yeah. you can, you. you know, like a little bit rusty and everything. And then I was like, I lost. And of course, when you're winning, Everyone's like, okay, yeah, you can fight whenever you want, you know, we'll put you, you know, and yeah. then as I lost, they're like, oh, well, we'll see when we can fit you in, you know, and we'll see whenever it comes out. We're just like, man, like, let me come, you know, I want to come. And then the whole, like, um, coronavirus happened. I'm just like, almost I'm like the, t- the same amount of time as a pregnancy, you know, like I'm from yeah. October to May, you know, almost like 10 months. And I feel like, man, that's what I do want to have all over again, you know, so just trying to fight as, as much as possible as long as I'm healthy, you know. Now, How did that how- come up? No, I was just going to say, because, you know, everybody, every fighter, you know, very few fighters in this game are undefeated. You know, all the best, all the legends, you know, I mean, I got a shitload of losses. Uh, How do you deal, how did you deal with that first loss? Because what happens is when you're winning, everything's roses. Everybody's great. When you lose, it's, at least personally, it was a disappointing feeling having people I liked or some people I thought I liked or acquaintances say the wrong thing. Like, so, or, and you just want to strangle everybody, which you yeah. probably can. So what, <laughs> how did you feel after that first loss? How'd you feel yeah, that's, that's like exactly how I felt, you know, because at least from jujitsu and everything, like I have a tournament and maybe I lose my weight class. And then the same day I go and win the absolute, you know, and maybe I even yeah. fought the same person who I lost to in the weight, you know? So this whole like winning and losing and record, it's, um, it's more like consistency, at least for us, you know, like, okay, yeah. who's more consistent in general? If you lose one fight, you know, it doesn't change, you know, like how it is, you know. Um, of course, if you're like losing for a whole bunch of fights, you know, then you start thinking, okay, maybe I, I have something I need to change to train anything. But one fight, man, I, I prepared so hard for the fight, you know, because knowing I came from the pregnancy and everything. So I was kind of like, I was expecting that, Maybe people thought that when I lost, I'd be like maybe depressed or sad or anything, but I was more sad about it, what everyone was saying about me, you know, like, oh, you know, just I said, man, how are you saying that? You know, because I like, I, I lost one fight and, you know, I felt good in the fight and I didn't feel like, oh, I was so way out of my league or anything like that. You know, I just felt like, okay, she was better than me on those 15 minutes. Okay, let's get back into it. And, you know, everyone tries to find like, what did you learn? What, what? And I said, man, I don't have like really excuses, you know, because came off the pregnancy, I did the best training camp I did physical wise, physical wise, you know, because I had a, um, I didn't make weight, you know, my weight, my fight before that in Brazil. 
so am I. It's like, man, I, I need to make weight. You know, I don't want to get cut from the UFC. Everyone's going to say about the weight. I had a baby. Everyone was saying I wasn't going to make weight. So I was just training, training, training. And then I didn't, I didn't get the win, you know. But for me, it didn't change, change anything. Like with me, I wasn't sad for me. I was sad hearing people that I liked or maybe that I thought, like maybe I admired and saying some things, you know, and just even the fans too, you know, it's crazy. So you, you, it didn't shake your confidence at all? No. Do you well, watch uh, fights? Uh, did you watch this fight again? And did you watch with your coaches? Or Isn't it funny? I do the same shit. When I, I'll watch like, like the certain fights, like my Frank Trigg fight and stuff. I'll watch it a lot. Or even on a bad day. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'm having a shitty, I'll be sad, glory. But it's the total opposite with a loss. It's like you don't want to relive that frustrating, shitty feeling. And it's like, you don't want to relive it. Where when you win, you're like, yo, I'll watch this every day of my life. Yeah. And I learned so much, even when the, the things I win, if I win, I see like all the things that I like, okay, I won, but look, look how I was moving there, you know, or okay, man, I could have like submitted here, or, you know, I still like even learn from win, you know, but especially with everyone just saying the things, you know, I haven't even seen the fight, you know, I, I just prefer, I think it's so, um, especially because it was like decision and, Everyone, like a lot of people saying, oh, you were like, just beat up for three rounds. And for me, I didn't feel I was beat up for three rounds, you know? So I don't want to re-see something and say like, okay, some people interpret it, interpret that one way and I interpret it another way. So I just want to live like thinking about the next fight and the next fight and train on me and focus on me. So things people were saying, now when you say people that you like, do you mean like 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 somebody you, you kind of like were saying things about you, like uh, criticizing the way you fought and it kind of bothered you a little bit? Uh, not necessarily like, criticizing the way I fought, but people like, oh, well, um, you made the decision to come back soon. So what'd you expect? Kind of thing like that, you know? And I think like, man, if I came back now, if I came back later, uh, I could lose any time, you know? I could lose if I'm fighting, you know, every three months. I could lose if I'm out for, you know, two years, you know? You see like Dominic Cruz is out, you know, John Jones is out and they come back and man, they are athletes, right. complete, beat, complete beasts, you know? So um, like when I hear things like that, kind of just, like judging my decision on coming back it's like man I came back to try not thinking about the loss you know thinking back to get back get my name out there you know at least when you're not fighting people aren't talking about you your name isn't in the media and just trying to get back in there and get that rhythm back in and you know that beyond that confidence train you know as long as you're going up on the train and going then I think it's hard for the fighters to stop you you know did you drive or fly to Vegas Vegas I flew Oh, you did? Okay, from California. Now, was it, uh, we asked Caitlin the same question. Was it nerve-wracking getting on a plane for you? Oh, no. It was just, for me, it was okay. I had my little uh, mask on, um, so it was everything right. It was, the most nervous is the fact that, like, in Florida, they were unsure if the fight would be in Florida, here. Uh, they are thinking maybe Arizona. Um, I saw, like, in Florida, Tony, he, left, he took his wife and his son, and I've never been more than 24 hours away from my daughter, you know? So then they said, Vegas, confirm Vegas. And um, I can't take my husband. I couldn't take Moa. So I'm like, I've never been 24 hours and I'm going to be five days without her, you know? So I was at the airport crying and she's like totally uh -huh. fine without me, you know? But I think that was like the biggest, biggest thing for me, you know? Like, okay, is my husband going to be okay with her? Is she going to be okay? You know, everything like that. Now, what do you think, even in jujitsu competitions, you have a lot of, you know, you competed a lot yep. there's always been a crowd mm -hmm. what do you think um, how do you feel about going into this fight and there's not going to be a crowd there it's you know it could be a little different 
What do you uh, think? So that, I think that's the biggest part that I'm nervous, you know, is that really? it's not crowd yet. Because I, I always grow with the crowd. People always say, like, in the training, like, man, like, you really grow in the competitions, you know, my whole jiu-jitsu career, like, in the training. People come around the world to come train with me. And, like, they give me a hard time, you know, and they think, like, man, this girl's, like, world champion. And I'm kind of, like, doing good with her, you know. Because, yeah. like, the training is totally... I don't know, like kind of more flu fluid, you know, I'm flowing and I'm trying yeah. feeling the person, you know, and like I make mistakes <laughs> and then on the fights and other people, they do so good in the training and when they get to the fights, they, yeah. freeze, you know, and I don't have that freeze, you know, I, it's opposite for me. So I'm kind of like, oh man, how's it going to be? Like I heard from the last fight that they hear like the commentators talking like, oh, she looks tired. Oh, she's got, and I'm like, oh man, I wonder how it's going to be like hearing my other opponents, like my opponent's corners and just being way more focused you know but I, I think we'll be a good fight you know i've been doing a lot of sparring for this fight um even though all the everything that's happening you know it's kind of hard but i had i'm very lucky to have some friends that came and helped me with the sparring so i'm excited but i'm so nervous to feel how we'll be without like that the crowd and the hi and the cheering and everything well good luck mackenzie um i mean this is the card is a great card i'm happy they have another one so soon uh of course the main event is uh woodley gilbert burns and you're first up on the main card against Hannah Cyphers. And uh, have a great fight. Yes, yeah. thank you guys so much. It's great talking with you. Yeah, congratulations Thanks. on your daughter too. That's nice. And thank tell you, you, not to sell, I know your dad. Tell your dad, the great Megaton Diaz, I said hello. Yes, I will. Don't worry. He's Old in school. a Oh, tell him I said hello. <laughs> I will. All right. <laughs> All right. Take care, Mackenzie. Good talking Thanks. to you. You Bye. too. Yeah, her father's an OG in the uh, jiu-jitsu yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really... Uh, talented jiu-jitsu man you know and great uh competitor himself in the jiu-jitsu world and yeah. and teacher you know she's very nice too oh, I, mean, again, I keep saying that because all the fighters are nice but she, she's a nice person you know it's funny long hit me up he's like yo my hips got an issue you mind if i come over there and uh use your pool he was using his buddies but it's not heated and i got a heated pool i go longo just for me breaking your ball i'm gonna you listen if so, you watch my Instagram because the second he goes in there, I'm going to start torturing that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jimmy. All right, wait, let's do the picks really quick. Three fights. Yeah, man, let's do picks. You know? Now, let's start with the main event. Um, Woodley against Gilbert Burns. I, I know we, we advertise, we, uh, we, you know, we, we analyzed it a little bit yesterday. Um, it's hard to say because Woodley, there's very few people that hit harder than Woodley. Um, and but they raised the point. It was either Bisping or Lewis that raised the point about how he's kind of hanging around, waiting to use his right a little bit more. Uh, he's coming off a very tough fight with Kamara Usman. A very, very uh, Usman was very dominant. Gilbert Burns looked great, knocking out Damian Maya, which is different than knocking out Woodley. Um, I, this I really don't know. Let, I'm gonna let you pick first. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of both guys. Yeah, but you know, styles make fights. Now listen. I'd I love to be proved wrong. Maybe Gilbert's, uh, he thinks he's going to fake a shot, do a high kick. You don't know. And, and you know, he's working with Henry Hooft. Yeah. You know that. Uh, so, listen, if he surprises, he surprises me. But if he doesn't surprise me, I'm going to say Tyrone Woodley by decision. Because mm -hmm. I think unless he gets cleanly, like, knocked out Gilbert, which is a possibility because of how hard Woodley hits, yeah. his defensive jujitsu skills – well, could survive if he gets taken down, or if he gets punched or hurt, he can go to his back and recover. So I think, uh, and Woodley's went five rounds before with guys that uh -huh. are very mobile, like yeah. the, uh, the Enigma, fucking uh, the great um, 
uh, Wonder Boy. Yeah, twice in a row, and yeah. then with Damien. Yeah, so I'm gonna say, due to experience and power, okay, and wrestling base, and good hips, and great raps. The rap skills has nothing to do with it. Sure. I, went too, I, I, went too, I went too far. You did, but I'm gonna say Tyrone Woodley by decision. I'm gonna take Woodley third round stoppage. Okay, okay. I think Woodley um, uh, is gonna is gonna get off and. and uh, I don't know why I'm saying third round. I just, I think that, uh, you know, he'll be a little bit more like, again, like he was with Damian Maya. He might be fighting off takedowns for the first couple of rounds. So I'm going to say uh, third round. Um, okay. Now, even off against Augusto Sakai, uh, I think so you say it. Yes. Uh, Sakai is 14 and one. He's three and oh in the UFC. Uh, even off uh, coming off a loss to Derek Lewis split well, decision. It was a close fight. That is the black beast. Yeah. And he did beat Ty Tuivasa too. Uh, yeah. Sakai. Okay. Sakai, I'm saying. Okay. I am gonna say Sakai by decision. I hate to keep saying decisions. I don't want it. I don't want it by decision. But that's what I'm gonna say. Even off second round stoppage. You know what? Fuck that, Jimmy. Now you got me amped up. I'm saying the same thing, but the exact opposite. Okay. Sakai second round stoppage. All right. Okay, sorry about. It. I didn't want to. Anyway, uh, one more. Sure, we could now. We could do Green Rodriguez. We could do uh, Roosevelt Roberts, uh, nine and one, very very solid against uh, Brock Weaver. Of course, we have Mackenzie Dern, Hannah Cyphers. Let's do them all, Jimmy. Fuck yeah, we might as well. We're here. First of all, how do you think Dern and Cyphers are going to be? Uh, I think Dern's going to come back. Let me. Yeah. I think. I think she's going to come back, and she's going to. Um, she's going to. Let me see. Uh, I, I think that she's probably going to get a, uh, do I have to pick the submission or no? I, I'm going to say submission, s- submission first round. I she's give coming her, out like a bat out of hell. I'll say second round submission. Son of a bitch. I was going to say that. Uh, well, we'll see. My picks last time were very bad. So you might first be round smart. submission. All first right. Round submission. She's coming out like a bat out of hell. She's all pent up. Yeah, she okay. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I'm saying, you know? But uh, let me see. Roosevelt Roberts versus Brock Weaver. Let me see here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Roosevelt Roberts. Mm, he is three and one in the UFC. Yeah. And Brock, you know what? No, Brock Weaver. I, I like. I, I was impressed with him. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Wasn't I? I'm trying to think if that's the right fight. I was impressed with him. No, I wasn't. Oh, he's <laughs> trying to gonna watch this. Matt said, yeah, that's no, going to no, be such Brock. a range of emotion. No, I was impressed with was him. That? No, I wasn't. Some, no, 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 no. I'm thinking. <laughs> I like Brock. No, I don't. That's going to hurt his feelings. No, no, I do like Brock. Um, I'm trying to think here. Let me see. I mean, Roosevelt Roberts has the UFC experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That might make the difference here, actually. It really might, you know? Uh-huh. So what I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say? I hate to say it. Well, I mean, he has a lot of experience too outside of the UFC. Who are you going with? I'm probably going to take Roosevelt Roberts. I'll give him a decision. That's a tough fight. Well, you know what? This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Brock Weaver. Okay. Bye. Unanimous decision. 
Exact opposite, Jimmy. Sometimes I like to draw swords with my little Jimmy bird. I don't mind that. I I like to ruffle your feathers. You understand? Now, the third fight, we might as well do welterweight. Gabriel Green's his first fight in the UFC. And uh, Daniel Rodriguez coming off a win against Tim Means. I submitted him in the uh, second second round. Um, Now, again, I'm always weird with guys in their first fight. You never know uh, how they're going to handle it. Uh, Without the crowd might actually help this guy. You know, this might be good for Green because there's no crowd. Because I think part of the thing that would make people so nervous their first fight is the, is the magnitude of the audience when you're in, in a UFC fight compared to other promotions. So, so you're you don't trying have to deal to, with that. You're trying to say that you know Gabriel might be a little. He's a little green in the. Uh... Your audio cut out, Jimmy. I, I wish we had the boo button, Jimmy. No, we don't need it. Anyway, let's just keep uh, going. Here's the boo uh, button, man. I do this. Uh, <laughs> it, does, does it hurt you? Does it make you not un- want to unfriend me on Instagram? No. Okay. Listen, I'm going with Daniel Rodriguez okay. by, by uh, first round submission. I said it, Jimmy. Don't say it. Don't you fucking say it. Hold on. Let me see. Don't say it, Jimmy. I said it. No, Wait. I'm not going to say that. I want to see what Green has done in his last... Uh, couple of fights mm, as you say that, i mean he wins as you say that i'm reading that mike mike perry saying that only his girlfriend will be in a corner his girlfriend and, and her and her friend will be in the corner mike perry's fucking funny i love mike perry i mean come on man it's not an act what the fuck is no. he? he's got his girlfriend he's got a 22 year old girlfriend that's mike perry he's gonna she's gonna be <laughs> Dude, listen, I must say say I recommend that, but I hope he does that because I think it's fucking hysterical. Gabriel Green. Okay. What? Jimmy? Gabriel Green, second round sub. Tim Means is not an easy guy to take out. No, he's not. No, not at all. I don't know if you know that. Do you know that? I'm aware. Sorry, Jimmy. I'm taking, uh, I told you what I took already. Okay. okay. Listen, man, what do you want to plug? Where are you going to be? Honestly, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Jimmy, nothing? No, I'm okay. Well, listen. Jim and listen. Sam on Sirius XM, and Sirius XM, I believe, is, is free uh, for everybody right now to listen. And Jim, UFC Fight Night, Woodley vs. Burns, Saturday, this May 30th. This Saturday, sorry, I try mm-hmm. to do it all professional. I fuck up. It's at the Apex Center in um, there's motion at my front door, by the way. As I was reading this, all of a sudden motion. I got the ring alarm thing. Um, it's at the Apex Center in Las Vegas. Any new um, listeners and new MMA and UFC fans, type in uh, Chris Lytle and watch some of his fights because that guy like like had like a, an award for the most finishes and shit. And then we were talking about him earlier with Pat. So I just want to give him a shout out. That's what I do with my time. Mm-hmm. I don't plug my personal shit. I give warriors like Chris Lytle some, some shine. Yeah, you do. And then go to Sarah BJJ and get yourself a Kamori Savage t-shirt. <laughs> Jimmy, I love you, buddy. Say it back. I love you too. I Thank love you, so you too. I'll see you in a few days. I'm going to talk to you after the fights, Jimmy. Yes, definitely. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. See you soon. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys. Thank you.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.